This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is August 9th, 2022. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. My name is Thad Brown. I was at Hofstra Radio from probably right from the start, fall of 1994, and I graduated in uh, spring of 1998 and uh, might not have gotten into it until early January 95, but no matter what, once I started, I did not stop and I was a constant contributor and someone who is at that station, in those offices, in those studios for four years pretty consistently. Uh, What shows or programs did you work on or what departments were you in? Primarily, I was in sports. That was the the reason I wanted to do it. Um, I was the the sports director for a little while. I also did, though, host a uh, classic slot. And and I'm sure, I'm assuming the rules are still the same, but when I was there, um, no matter what other job you did or what interest you had, you had to host a slot. You had to, you know, be the DJ to make sure the darn station stayed on the air all the time. So uh, my early days were hosting a classic slot and doing news. And I, I tell you what, I really, I really liked it. I really learned, I didn't learn a lot about classical music, but I learned some and uh, I had a good time doing the voice. The classics from Hofstra. I did, you know, I got a kick out of like, trying to do that every time I was on the air and, you know, I was still a reporter. So doing the news part was fun, but um, you know, those, those were the main memories. There was one show I did later on, you know, uh, myself and Adam Chandler, who's, you know, one of the greats from Hofstra Radio, in my opinion. Sure. We we hosted a, a nighttime, like, rock show on a Friday night, like, 11 to 1. It was basically our chance to, like, do a radio show together and not have the pressures of sports and reporting and just let's go on the air and we'll play whatever music we want and be dumb. But primarily, I did the, the classics and the sports stuff. I remember Adam saying that in the conversation I had with him, it was a Friday night airwave shift. And yes. And uh, yeah, he said it was, it was, it was fun. It was different. And it was, it was an excuse to, to do uh, uh, some, let's say some different things. He wouldn't go into details. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. That's probably the smart choice. Okay. Uh, You mentioned being sports director. Do you remember what years you were sports director or any other positions you had? Um, I was probably assistant sports director at some point before then. Um, I was also co-sports director in there. So um, all the different variations of that title. Um, I would guess it was probably uh, January of 96. Um, Was I all the way through my senior year? I don't remember if I did it all the way through senior year, but probably at least through fall semester of uh, 97. So two solid years, some sort of management role with the sports department. Okay. Um, I assume you used your own name on the air. Did you have any nicknames or aliases? No, nope. always just been Thad Brown. You know, it's a nice, succinct radio name with a unique first name, so it's always worked. Okay, very good. Uh, let's go back to the beginning. This is a two-part question. Uh, answer whatever makes sense to you. But I'm always curious, what is it that brought you to the radio station? And then if you could describe what it was like when you got there, if you could give us a sense of where it was, uh, maybe people that you met, what it looked like, what it smelled like. what Paint us a picture of Hofstra Radio when you arrived. I don't remember the exact reason that, that I, I wanted to get into it. I mean, I, I wanted to do, you know, media and sports media in particular in general. Um, and uh, I think probably, uh, you know, TV was the priority. But the, the radio station offered much more direct, easy, and available participation opportunities. And, uh, you know, it, it was probably, you know, someone in a class who said, hey, do you want to do this? And, and here's when the meeting is. And I can still remember being in the room. It was, you know, just a regular classroom, some random place. I didn't know anyone. You know, I wasn't from Long Island. I, w- I was from, you know, way up at the other end of New York State. So I didn't know a lot of people. And 
you know, I'm in a room with a whole lot of faces I've never seen before and, and, you know, listening to what the radio station was about. And I remember, you know, thinking that, all right, this is exactly what I want to do. This is an opportunity to, you know, do stuff, be a part of the, you know, the station, be a part of the sports department. And and I remember even looking around the room thinking, all right, that, that guy's probably in the sports department. Maybe does that person <laughs> do sports? That kind of thing. So, um, you know, and, uh, it, it was exciting right from the start, you know, for, for a guy who was, um, at college and I tell, you know, my daughter this now, because she's 14 and, and, you know, starting to think about college a little bit. The first month or so at Hofstra for me, you know, was hard because I, I literally did not know anyone. I mean, you know, you, you think about all your life, you always, you know, your parents, you know, your family, you, you go to school, your friends at school, you always know people, you know, for, for three or four weeks, other than the, the freshman year roommate that I'd literally just met like a couple weeks before, you know, I walked around in a sea of four or 5,000 people and just, you know, with nothing that was familiar. Um, and, and, you know, the radio station quickly became one of those first things that was, was familiar to me. And, and, you know, it was obviously very formal at first. You don't know anyone, you're going to meet people, but, um, it, it was fun. It was, you know, it was professional feeling, you know, for someone who's an 18 year old at college. Um, you know, the, 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 the building seemed like a, what a radio station should be from, you know, my limited experience. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was relatively inviting too. you know, that it, it was always a laid back vibe and, and maybe it was just the management I had or, or the time that I was there. Um, but you know, it, it was never felt like something that, um, you, you know, if you go on the air and don't play a record at the right time that, you know, life as we know it would end. It was never that kind of, you know, pressure. It was always, Hey, we're, we're doing this. This is fun. This is how you learn, you know, here are the rules kind of sort of follow them for us, please. And, and you can be a part of this. And, and, um, you know, it, it was, it quickly became, you know, um, a, a kind of a hangout place. I mean, I can remember, you know, being in the radio station offices, you know, just talking to people. I took naps on a couch that was you know, easily two or three <laughs> feet too small for me to be able to sleep on, but it didn't matter. That was just kind of the, you know, the place that to, to hang out. And, you know, uh, I remember, you know, there was one time when I was sports director, you know, after a, a night of doing work, you know, all of us in the apartment are kind of just hanging out and, and we were looking at each other and, I'm like, let's just go out. Let's go do something, you know? And, and you know, it was kind of like the, the launching place for what was a pretty fun evening. So it was just, I always remember that, that place as of all the things I did at Hofstra, um, that place and the sports information department were my two homes there. Um, sports information was the, uh, basically the, the public relations arm for the athletic department. Right. And it was my, my work study job in college. I kind of just got a sign there you know, worked out great. I mean, the people who were there were awesome. Um, I, I great role models there, Jim Sheehan and uh, Len Squirrels for the management there. They were awesome. So I had, I had to be there because that was my job, but the radio station was the place I went to, you know, for my extracurricular choice most often. And, and, you know, like I said, that was, you know, I think about my years at Hofstra, that was, you know, home one a compared to the uh, sports information department. I'm just trying to place you in the in the timeline when you got there. I think you got there after the move from the basement of Memorial Hall to yep. what I still call the new building. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't. I from going back through you know history and, and pictures and stuff. I probably missed the basement by less than eighteen months, but never never knew it. I don't even think I went in it more than two or three times, other than someone right. saying, "Hey, come around here and check this out." You know, I was always in that building. So it did have, you know, if you want to like get a sense of like smells and, and feelings, it did have that new car smell kind of thing, you know, that new building smell. Right. Um, you know, and, and the, the, there's no doubt that you could tell that this was, this was something that was relatively recently constructed, but it's a college, you know, they're putting money into things all the time there. So it just 
was another place where, hey, you know, this is this is a nice thing that I can, you know, hopefully further my education with. Okay. Um, so you, you show up there, you go to this meeting, you're kind of suss people out and see, see what's going on. Do you remember taking a training class? Was there anything that they did to get you prepared to be on the air, either engineering or announcing wise? Do you remember anything from that? I don't remember a specific class. I'm, I'm sure there had to be, you know, these are the buttons you press. These are the buttons you don't press, you know, using the cart machine, you know, something that happened back in the day um, was something that I had to be trained on. But there wasn't really like a formal, here's how you be on the radio thing. I don't remember that at all. Um, I think it was just more the, the, the technical side of it and, and, you know, functionally getting on the air, getting off the air, where the, where the AP copy is located so you can do news at the top of the hour, um, that kind of thing. But whatever training it was, I don't remember much of it. So I don't think it could have been very involved. You know, like I said, just, just basics. Here's, here's a self-destruct button. Don't hit that. Otherwise, good luck. <laughs> that kind of thing. Fair enough. Don't do not push this button ever. I can say that. Um, So for a lot of people, the the sports department is sort of it's not its own entity, but it's it's a a universe where you have to learn a certain amount of skills and you have to learn particular equipment and things like that. Do you remember any of that? Maybe going to any of the early games or getting involved with some of the broadcasting where you had to lug some equipment or learn how to log in or, or do something in particular? Oh yeah, the, the remote device. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it was, and I think we we did have an upgrade in the middle of my, in the middle of my time there. But um, you know, the, being basically, you had to carry around, and it was what, the size of uh, maybe like if you took two giant um, encyclopedias and put them together, maybe a little bigger than that. Even I'm trying to think what the comparison would be. I'm like looking around my basement right now, like what thing is the size of the thing I carried around so I can give a proper description of what it was. It um, but like, it, it, a, like a regular suitcase, a little smaller, a little bit. Yeah. I'd say a, a suitcase is probably a good thing to go a little smaller than that. I'd say it, it'd be like a, a thick uh, businessman's briefcase about that size. And, and it went everywhere we had to go on the road. And it essentially was a, a, a small mixing board on the road, but there were always adventures about, you know, getting it dialed up because you had to have a phone line. So, you know, whenever you went to a game, you'd have to call the school, reserve a phone line. Then when you got to the school, you had to find out where it is, plug it in, um, you know, hook up back with the, the whoever was in the control room of the station, make sure they could hear you, make sure everything was on the line or online. Um, all the, you know, microphones were working and everything. Most of the time it went smoothly, you know, 90% or so, maybe a little less than that. But, you know, you do, I, I did over a hundred games, I think, you know, while I was at school there. And, uh, you know, in the course of doing a hundred games, you're going to have a few where there's problems, you know, where there's, why is this not working? Why, why can't we connect to this? What's the issue here? So that, you know, and it was a, a college, you know, um, device, uh, although there was, as you just pointed out, money going into the station, um, you know, th- this isn't like, you know, WFAN or, you know, some giant blowtorch radio station with money to burn, you know, there was, you know, cost cutting and, and budgets to be followed. So, you know, we didn't have the best and brightest equipment and there were problems and, and, you know, part of, and I'm really glad there were because, you know, the, there's only a few media entities in the world, you know, I would say that are so well-funded that, you know, equipment always works and you have the best of the best, you know, being able to, you know, figure out those problems on the fly, how to work them, you know, thing I, something I tell all the young people who work for me now is that, look, no matter what your plan A is, you better damn well have a plan B because plan B comes up all the time, you know, and, and, and I learned that, you know, in large part doing, you know, road games, 
um, for the radio station at Hofstra because you had to know, all right, if, if this doesn't work, what's my next play? You know, what, what's, how do I fix this? Who do I call? Where do I go? You know, and, and that came up often enough that, that, like I said, I got a pretty good education in it. Yeah. Yeah. It teaches you how to think on your feet. Do you remember any particular instances early on where, where something maybe didn't work out and you had to scramble? I don't know if this was early on. I, I want to say it probably wasn't because it was a football game and, and the way kind of the hierarchy worked in the sports department is that whoever called the football game were usually the most senior people, but mm-hmm. easily the, the biggest problem I had was uh, we were doing a, a football playoff game at Delaware. And the way the Delaware setup was they had a main press box on one side of the stadium and it's, it's a football stadium. So um, there weren't multiple decks, but the, the one main level of stands had, I don't know, 40 or 50 rows of seats. I mean, it was a, a giant, you know, stands uh, apparatus. The main press box was on one side and then all the way on the other side of the field is where they put like the visiting media or the alternate or the extra press. And because it was a playoff game, there was an, you know, an unusual amount of press. So we were set up on the alternate side and we could not, uh, when we arrived there, get hooked up. And the only way to answer questions, remember this is 1997. This mm-hmm. is pre cell phones, you know, pre, uh, you know, internet connectivity, like we have it now. The only way I could find answers is I had to walk down the 50 rows of stands on my side, walk around the field, walk up the 50 rows to the other press box, ask the you know person in charge at Delaware a question, go back down, go to the other side, call back to the station. Is this working? No, it's not. Okay. Do the whole thing over again until we finally did figure it out. I don't think we had a pregame show that day, but we did get on the air uh, early enough on in the game that we didn't, didn't essentially miss what happened in the game. But I mean, you know, you're there as someone who's trying to be a respectable member of the media And I was sweating like a pig, you know, about five minutes into the game because I just spent the entire first half hour of my day running stairs, essentially, like some person in a workout. Um, You know, I don't remember what the technical problem was, but I I cannot ever forget going up and down those stands over and over until we did finally figure out the problem. So that's the literal, I had to walk to school uphill both ways in the snow story that you can share. (laughs) Minus the snow, that was the only break I got that day. (laughs) <laughs> um, do you remember your first time getting on the air either with the classics or with a sports event? If you don't remember a particular, do you remember your, your feelings, your anticipation of, of getting on the air the first time or those I, early days? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the early stuff. I mean, I did so many games. I remember more of the later stuff just probably because it was more recent and, and I was maybe more evolved. Um, you know, I was always someone that talked really fast. I mean, like you are listening to me right now. Um, having to mentally slow myself down. If the only way I can functionally broadcast without, you know, to allow people to understand, you know, what I'm saying. And I didn't understand that at first. So I remember listening back to a lot of my broadcasts and just being amazed at how damn fast I'm talking and how much I had to slow things down. Um, but in terms of the, you know, it, it was fun. You know, the, the great thing about doing the, the games is that it was always a two man job or two person job. So, you know, you, no matter what nervousness you had or what you were worried about, there was always someone else with you. And, you know, the, the logical thing to do and the thing we always did is that you didn't put someone on the air young with someone else young. So if you didn't know what you were doing, the person next to you did, you know, and, and it offered a, a whole lot of comfort to, you know, uh, be able to um, count on the fact that if you didn't know where to go, the person next to you probably did, you know, and, and the, the good thing about the radio station, too, is that being at a college, there was a plethora of stuff to do. I mean, you, we covered primarily football and and basketball and lacrosse, but Mm -hmm. you know, I did baseball games and soccer games and 
um, volleyball one time. And I'll tell you that story, maybe on the, the upperclassmen version of this, that's a heck of a story. Um, you know, but you, you did enough stuff that it didn't take long, you know, to become experienced. And, and even though, um, early on, you know, you weren't always the person, you know, the way that they kind of built you up. So you weren't the person on the road during the game, but you're the person in the studio doing the halftime update. So you're part of the broadcast and then you'd work up to doing a couple games and then you do more games. And then you go from being the analyst, which is, you know, a little more of a reactionary, um, you don't have to drive the broadcast as much as the play-by-play broadcaster does. So you do that first and then you work up to doing, you know, play-by-play. And, and I never, I don't remember ever feeling, you know, uncomfortable doing it. Now I, I'd done a little in high school, so I might've come in with a better background than most people in terms of, you know, having some familiarity. But I, like I said, I credit the, the setup and, you know, it's not anything genius. It wasn't like, a, you know, you needed to go to Princeton to figure out how to make this work. But, you know, there was never a time doing sports where I felt uncomfortable. There's always someone else to lean on until I became the person, you know, that people could lean on. And it didn't, didn't take very long because the, the people who were in front of me were good. And, you know, I got to give a, a ton of credit. You know, John DiCepolo was a senior when I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. I mean, you know, when you're in high school, you know, the seniors are like another world when you're a freshman, you know, you don't, you don't ever deal with them. You know, they're, they don't acknowledge you and you don't have the, the credit to be able to hang with them. And college is obviously a little different, but it's still, you know, you, I could easily see a situation where, and, you know, I think a place like Syracuse, this happens sometimes where the, the seniors are the stars and, and they're the ones that, you know, do all the big games and talk to the coaches and, and, you know, I could easily see a road where, where that would, put them in a spot where they would be, you know, conceited or not wanting to deal with a freshman. And, and I did not have any of that. I mean, all of the seniors, DeCepolo especially, but Adam Chandler, who was two years ahead of me, Lon Samuelson, who was one year ahead of me, all these guys were fantastic sports broadcasters and all incredibly willing to just, you know, give me and answer any questions, help me along, train me, do whatever. I mean, all these guys became very good friends too. And, you know, there's there's no way that my radio career at Hofstra is anywhere near as successful as it was without, you know, guys like them, you know, kind of leading the way and and being very willing to, you know, pull me along, you know, prop me up, whatever they needed to do, you know, to help me along in my career at Hofstra. So, you know, for all the all the good that I think the the station in general um, had built up and, and the operating procedure that made it functional and comfortable for everybody. I was really lucky with the people who were in that department ahead of me. Was there anything in particular that those guys were doing on the air or preparing to be on the air that, that was a a good modeling behavior or was it just an atmosphere of, you know, we're going to, we're going to work together and get through this. Was there anything that you listened to and said, Oh, I really like what they're doing. How do I do that? Or was it just sort of learning you know, through the process of doing it? I think it was, they knew how to prepare for games. And I think being, you know, in a a New York media market helps because, you know, they had any number of, of, you know, dozens of um, sports media that had already been doing the job they wanted to do. So there were plenty of professional modeling opportunities for these guys. And, you know, you didn't even have to I mean, obviously this is, you know, pre Google being the the thing that controls our lives, but there were still ways to research it on the internet and find out, you know, uh, how it worked, what the processes were for the professional guys. And I mean, it wasn't just a a place like FAN. I mean, we had um, Long Island 12 television out on the Island that, you know, Mm -hmm. they broadcast Hofstra games. So I got to know those guys a little bit. Um, And there was a radio station. I can't remember, but um, I remember the the play-by-play guy for the professional station was a Scott Wetzel 
who has gone on to do uh, satellite radio. He was on the uh, the uh, Chris Russo Mad Dog Sports Radio for a long time. And had a pretty mm-hmm. you know successful national career. So we had you know the the people that were modeling for me had good models for them. And you know what I discovered from them is that they knew you know how to go through the 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 process of preparing. And, and you know like anything else that there's just steps to it. And if, if you do the steps in the right order and you know what to look for and you know what you need, then you can be ready to go. So, you know, they, they may not have been professionals at it, but they knew how to do it. And, and it was just a matter of, Hey, all right, what do I do for this? All right, well, this is what I do. Okay. And, and that generally worked for me too. And it wasn't, it wasn't hard, but it, it was something that those guys, you know, knew pretty well, were comfortable with and were comfortable explaining. And it made it pretty easy for me to, to learn when I was starting. I'd like to jump back for a second because you mentioned that you had had some experience in in high school, uh, so you weren't wor- walking in completely unprepared when you got to WRHU. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? What your uh, experience was at, at high school level? Yeah, sure. It was mostly television based. Um, so we had a you know a, a local or not a local a uh, a school you know closed circuit TV feed, kind of a morning announcements mm-hmm. type thing. We didn't really do a ton of morning announcements, but um, you know in school. Uh, when my uh, high school, it's a Aquinas Institute in Rochester, New York. Um, as it happened, my senior year, they opened uh, their brand new gym. Our gym had been, you know, kind of uh, in the corner of the building. It's, it's now a library, but it wasn't a very nice gym at all. So they were able to put together and, and build a new gym for um, the winter of my senior year. So the first high school basketball game, senior varsity game that was in that gym, because it was such a special occasion, they let us do a, a broadcast for it. So I got to do play by play for that. Nice. when I was in high school. And then on top of that, I did, you know, any number of reports and videos and, and, you know, um, you know, things as part of, I mean, essentially as an audio visual department, as opposed to a news station, but we did some morning announcements and, and, you know, I was at least familiar enough to where, okay, I've, I've, I've been on the air, you know, I've been able to, you know, play by play my way through a game before. So I'm not just doing this for the first time. Now I didn't have anywhere near the experience that you know, Adam and John and Lon and all those guys had, but I at least had some and, and, you know, definitely helped out a little bit when I got to Hofstra. Um, so based on that and, and the sort of welcoming that these guys gave you, is it fair to say that you felt pretty comfortable on the air right away? Did it take some time? Was there a game or a moment where you went, yeah, I can, I can do this. I feel good. No, I, I was pretty comfortable right away because I, I felt good about doing my game in high school, you know, and, and, I don't know if that comes off as, as uh, cocky or whatever, but I, I thought I did a good job in high school and I felt comfortable doing it. Um, you know, I'd been the kid that, you know, I'd watch a game and, and, you know, occasionally call a few plays to myself. So I'd been, you know, doing it a little bit, but um, there's no doubt the guys help, but I, I don't ever remember a time, at least from the sports point of view, where I was uncomfortable doing a game. Now I didn't do them all great, you know, and there were things that I wanted to improve and, you know, things I learned as I went along, but, you know, that, that was always pretty comfortable for me. And, and, you know, something, it it was never a nervous thing. It was something that I was excited to do most of the time. Um, in terms of getting comfortable at the station, you mentioned that those first few weeks as a new student on campus, you didn't know anybody. And then you get involved with the station in terms of like the, the social element and, and hanging out at the station, you mentioned, you know, getting real comfortable. Did that take a little while or did that happen pretty quickly as well? I mean, it, it, it took a little while. I think when it was happening, it felt like a while, but looking back on it, I think it happened relatively quickly. Um, you know, I, I, now the nice thing is, is like you said, you know, the sports department is kind of a world unto itself. So it's, it's easy to make friends there because 
you know, with the wider station, yeah, we're all interested in doing radio, but you know, I mean, there's, you know, music interests that connect, but you know, if, if I'm into metal and you're into, you know, pop, we might not as connect as easy. Whereas with sports, I mean, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're a baseball or a football fan, that's an, that's an easy crossover. So, you know, being a part of that department, it did feel like I had a, a base of friends, you know, relatively instantly. And then, you know, from there I was able to progress to, to the wider station and, you know, uh, the guys like, uh, Dave Koenig, who, um, mm-hmm. uh, his, uh, an uh, actor now are really successful. And, um, Paul Cordella, who was, uh, you know, what, probably the, the news guru, my mm-hmm. first you know, few semesters there, you know, again, you know, great guys who were willing to teach and, and, you know, um, certainly were, you know, any questions I had, they, they were happy to answer them. And, you know, again, it was, you know, I got really lucky with, with the sports guys. I think that the the whole crew was good, but I'll go back to just the way the station felt, you know, it was never a place that was something WRHU was never a place where you had to earn respect. If you were there and you showed up and, and you did your job and you weren't a jerk, you know, people pretty much accepted you pretty readily and, and were, you know, willing to help. And, you know, I think the people who are serious about it, the people who are committed to making that station a good, a good place, um, you know, that those type of people were weeded out pretty quick and, and you kind of bonded in that direction. And, you know, you didn't have to have, um, you know, a thousand things in common because you, you all wanted to just do a good job at the station. And, you know, like I said, it kind of started in sports for me and branched out to the rest of the station from there. We have the benefit of hindsight and, you know, looking back and having this conversation all these years later, you have these friendships, these relationships, you know, have the career that you've established that that started at Hofstra Radio. And, and going in, you had some amount of ambition and, and idea of where you wanted to go. But I'm going to ask you to try to go back to, you know, your mindset at 18 years old, you're, you're new on campus and you're you're discovering the radio station. At that point in time, what did you hope Hofstra Radio would mean for you and what did it become? I think when I started, you know, I really wanted to be in television and, you know, Hofstra Radio was kind of going to be the, the, the other thing I did that kind of helped gave me, you know, good reps to, to get ready for the speaking side of TV. And I think mm-hmm. it was also a, a, a thing that I wanted to, well, you know, this is close to TV. So let me do this just in case that I like this better, you know, or TV doesn't work out or something like that. Right. Um, you know, and, and I wouldn't say that, you know, radio was a, a priority, um, but it was something I looked forward to doing. And, you know, the thing is, is that the way the way it was set up, you know, I wanted to do television, but there really wasn't a functional television station at Hofstra. There was a television department and we did shows and we produced a lot of stuff. But WRHU was a legitimate radio station. And and I worked in the newspaper too, the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and although that was a legitimate college newspaper it was still a newspaper that just was distributed on college you know wrhu even though it didn't have the the largest reach in the world it was a a, a radio station like any other you know it had a reach that went off campus people listened you know there were there were reasons and and i mean towards the end of my time there you started getting into online broadcasting a little bit Mm -hmm. so there were ways that people could pick you up in in different regions of the world there weren't many you know it was like four but there were people so you know um you know wrhu became like the most professional place that I was at while I was there. And, and, and it was more than, um, you know, just the on air part of it too. There was management, there were, you know, bosses you had to answer to. There were, you know, this paperwork you had to do, even though you're a 20 year old in, in right. college and you're going to go out and get drink, uh, get drunk in a half hour too, but you still had to get, take care of your responsibilities. So, um, you know, I think, 
you know, more than any other place at WRHU, I learned kind of how to function in a media office, which, you know, is invaluable because no matter what job you're in, you're gonna have to deal with all those things. And, you know, I didn't get it nearly as much in the television station and, and the, the newspaper kind of was student run. So it was just us being us. But, you know, we had adult bosses and, and professionals who were in that building that you had to answer to. And, and it was great training from that point of view. Thad, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your stories. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to come up with some more questions and hopefully you have some more stories. Uh, you, you hinted at it a little bit. There, there, there's some, some stories that we need to get to, I think, at another time. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, 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 just the different games I've been to stories of how we got there, who we met, what we did. Those were a lot of fun, but Brian, this was, this was great. I really enjoyed kind of, you know, obviously walking down memory lane a little bit, but, um, you know, hopefully, you know, this is something that, um, you know, people can use to remember what times were like then. And it was, it was a great time and I was very glad to be a part of it.